Hello, and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes, and I'm your host. And if this is the first time that you're listening to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories of women who have gone through their own personal trials and tribulations and have come through on the other side stronger in mind, body, and soul for it. And today, I'm talking with Emily Andrew. And Emily is a Pilates teacher, author, and mental health advocate. After almost a decade-long battle with an eating disorder and mental illness that nearly took her life at the age of 21, Emily knew that she wanted to be part of the movement to free others. She works closely with clients to help heal their relationships with food, exercise, and their bodies, and is proud to speak about her own experience in order to help others. Her book, Stardust, delves into her life with an eating disorder, the events that contributed to her dark mental health state, and how she found her happiness again through healing and self-love. These days, Emily spends her time running a health and wellness website called The Tribe, working with Pilates clients, speaking to men and women of all ages about the importance of mental health and being a wife and stepmom of one. So welcome, Emily, and thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Hello, it's my pleasure. How are you? I'm well. So Emily, why don't you, why don't we start off with you sharing your story? Okay, let's do it. Um, So... My story really is spans about a 10-year period. Um, From the age of seven, I went through, you know, kind of real-world stuff that most people do. You know, my parents got a divorce. um, I was quite badly bullied um, for the way that I looked. Um, So I'm ginger. And uh, back in the day, that was a very kind of bad thing to be. So I used to get picked on a lot and things like that. Um, so I, I went from being quite a confident young girl to being quite self, um, self-aware. Um, and I almost felt like I should be ashamed of who I was. Um, so by the age of 15, um, I started to look to changing the way I looked to hopefully fit in more. So I started to diet. Um, I started to, you know, skip meals Um, And my life started to revolve around, you know, this outer image that I was portraying. Um, And this really led to this and, you know, some other factors started leading to this obsession with like food and weight and appearance. So by the age of 17, 18, um, I had a full blown eating disorder. And to be honest, I actually liked having it at that point in my life, which sounds completely crazy to say, but my eating disorder was a way to control my life. It was a way to punish myself. It was a way to celebrate myself. It was, you know, there if I had had a good day or a bad day, or, you know, if um, I felt brokenhearted or as excited about something, it was really, it had really become me it had grown with me and it kind of felt like it was tangled into who I was as a person um and it wasn't really until I lost my my nan when I was uh, 20 that my mental health really started to take a rapid decline um she was one of the most incredible women I think I've ever met in my life and I know everybody kind of says that about people that they lose but she was just one of those people that you felt were that that middle that 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 central person in in your family's lives so when we lost her um that really just 
floored me. And I was very quickly diagnosed with depression. I hid myself away from my family. And that's when, you know, my habits got really, really bad. Um, But you went to the extremes. Yeah. 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 When I went to really extremes and, you know, I'd locked myself away and, you know, I had, I've, I had one or two suicide attempts um, and it, it really got to that really dark stage. Um, but not really many of my family knew really what I was going through. Um, you hit it well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was an actress. I was training to be an actress um, and I think everybody knew that something wasn't quite right, but I would constantly kind of put on this outward show of like, everything's fine. It's right. okay. The brave face. Yeah, exactly. Stiff up a lip and all that Brits have. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of hid my inner turmoil and, and put my all into my, um, acting course. And I got, um, I got accepted into one of the top drama schools in London, Um, at that time which seems crazy because you know I was so uh, I was so ill I was I was so tired I was so unhealthy but um, I was hiding it well Um, and it wasn't until um, I was 21 that I collapsed in rehearsals um, and I for the first time said I've got an eating disorder and that's kind of what started started things changing and I had to um, kind of come out with it and face the truth, I guess. Um, so after that point, I was put into a day treatment um, program where I'd go in, I had to leave my university degree um, and kind of go through the motions of that. Um, but I found it really difficult because it was all very focused on weight. And for me, that wasn't what wasn't what I was worried about um it was always the mental like the emotional mental attachment that I had to it not the physical the physicality of it if you like right and what you weren't doing it to um control your weight per se it was just a way to control your life in general yeah definitely I mean it started out as you know I want to be thinner I want to get thinner because people will like me more, you know, when you're yeah. 15, 16, that's what you think. You think, you know, I'm going to get thinner. I'm going to be more confident. People are going to like me more, you know, that you right. think that if you look like that, everybody else that you'll exactly. be accepted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it did definitely start out like that. But as I grew older, it became so much more than that. And it got to a point where I honestly did not know who I was without it. Um, And I went through, you know, one round of day treatment. I got through, I went through um, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, And I kind of got to a point where I was okay. You know, I wasn't, I was physically well. Um, I wasn't, you know, at risk of having, um, you know, attacks, like heart attacks or anything like that anymore. But mentally, I still wasn't quite there. Um, And... I carried on, you know, I thought, you know, well, maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm always going to have a little bit of an Achilles heel and I'm going to live my life, you know, with this, this little burden, but as long as I can control it, I'll be okay. So I went through uh, another couple of months of that. I went to London, I started my drama school course and I think I was about 
a week or two into it and I was starting to fall asleep while I was having conversations with people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was abusing my body with food anymore. It was just because I was so mentally exhausted and physically exhausted. Um, And it got to the point and I just ended up on the floor in the admissions office crying, saying, "I, I just can't do this. I have to go home. And uh, I, I went home. I felt like my entire life had ended because, you know, my dream of being an actress was over, essentially. And um, a couple of months later, I was hospitalized um, because I had just gone, right, well, there's nothing to live for. This is it. And uh, I ended up in hospital being treated for my eating disorder again. Um, so... That was that was really the the turning point for me because it was kind of either I'm going to do or die, you know. Right, it was your rock bottom. Yeah, it, it really was, and it was it was hard, and it was it was really difficult to actually admit to yourself that you know I'm not okay, I'm not coping, um, and you think that if you go through treatment once, you're going to be better. And I felt like I'd failed because I'd been through it once and I wasn't better. Um, And I think that's actually a really important thing to realize. And one of the biggest things I realized was that you don't do it once and you're okay. That doesn't always happen. If it does, that's great. But you've got to be, you've got to look a bit deeper. You can't just look at the outside and think, okay, well, I'm a healthy weight now, so I must be okay. If your inner self isn't saying I'm okay, then it's not going to be, you know, that long-term success that you're looking for. Right. I think um, the challenge, yeah, it's a process, right? And you have to, I mean, it didn't, that eating disorder didn't happen overnight, right? So you can't think that fixing it is going to happen quickly because it was a process that got you there. So it's got to be some sort of process that gets you out of it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's that's really um, what I learned because um, it, it was a couple of years ago, so kind of twenty four, twenty five years old, um, and I was in such a different place from you know after I came out of recovery, after I came out of the um, the hospital, and you know I, I had my life on track. I'd met this guy that I really loved. Um, I had my own house. I had a job. Um, I'd gone into kind of the corporate world and I was climbing the ladder and on the outside again everything looked great but I was not happy at all and although I wasn't as ill I would you know I wasn't my eating disorder hadn't like really flared up or anything I was at the stage where I was having anxiety attacks every single time I went into work and I was so annoyed with myself because I was like why am I not okay everything's great you know, like everything on the outside is so good. Why am I not feeling okay? And I realized that it was because I wasn't going after what I really wanted. And I wasn't loving who I was in any moment. It was just kind of, you know, you get, get caught up in the rat race. Um, you know, you do what you think you should do. Yeah. You're going through the motions. Exactly. And I wasn't really living life for me. I was just, doing what I thought I should do as a respectable adult, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
And what I did was I quit my job. I, I said to my, well, he, uh, my, he was my fiance at that point, actually. I said, you know, you're either going to have a really unhappy wife or you're going to have a little bit of a poorer wife, <laughs> <laughs> but one that's happy. Right. Yeah. And that's when I, I mean, I'd been doing Pilates for about why well, I found that when I was going through recovery because um, I found it was such a good exercise to do because it was really mind and body exercise. Um, and I'd been teaching on the side, but at that point I just said, you know what, I, I need to quit. I need to just go and try and try and build a business and, and see what happens and be happy and do what I want to do. Cause I know that there's something more for me. There's something I need to be doing. Um, and that's what I did, which was, um, you know, I'm, I haven't missed a mortgage payment. So right. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm guessing still adulting quite well. Yeah, you're doing all right. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that kind of really, really opened up a whole new world for me. And I finally, after, you know, six years of having this book, took the leap and published it on Amazon um didn't know what would come of it didn't know if people would like it didn't know if you know it would be shunned but I knew that I had to get my story out there because I've spoken to a lot of um you know young people um men women about mental health about eating disorders and there's such a conversation to be had which I think a lot of people are scared to because there is this kind of this thought that you go through you, you go through it once, you get your stuff together and you should be fine forever. And I want people to know that it's okay to have slip ups. Don't let them define you. Just keep, you know, accept it and then put your big pants on and then keep moving forward. Um, I think that's one of the best things about Stardust is that quite a lot of people have got in touch saying, you know, you made me realize that even though I'm living a life now that may not be uh, determined by mental health illness. I'm still not living the best life I could be. And you've made me want to go out and find that, which has been so amazing. Can't tell you. Right. It's so rewarding, I'm sure, because I, I had the same experience when I wrote my book, because I think that there's so much power in sharing your story, because yeah. I think that... and. Again, it's the whole purpose of this podcast as well, is that we all are going through something in our lives at some point. And yeah. when you're going through it, it can be such an isolating experience. You can think that you're the only one experiencing these things, the only one who understands what you're going through. And so to read a book or hear somebody's story and know that, you know, there are people going through, you know, stuff that you don't think is survivable, but yet they're there telling you that, you know, yes, I went through it. It was horrible, but I, I found a way to get through it. And yes, it is a process, but I'm willing to do the work because I know what's waiting for me on the other side of, of that process. I think that that is so comforting. I know that that was what got me through my own <laughs> dark night of the soul was hearing that, you know, people could go through these life altering experiences and not have it swallow them whole, but they could actually find a way out of it through it and 
feel stronger for it, which I think is the beautiful thing about these experiences is that they're not there to beat you up and tear you down. I think they're there to show you exactly what you're made of. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like the lessons that you learn from adversity are so valuable in the long run and they might they might not feel like it but they really really are and I there was a point where I literally thought you know when I lost my nan I thought that there was nothing there there was no reason for it it was horrific seeing her you know be decimated by cancer it was it was the worst thing ever and I thought you know what I just don't understand this I, I can't see a reason for it I don't you know I always thought everything happened for a reason but I don't know what what this reason is I can't work it out but even when you're in those moments if you trust that there is going to be something there's going to be a lesson or there's going to be a reason why you've gone through this it you will find that. And it took me a long, long time. And I, you know, you still miss that person all the time. But I think grief is, it's just part of our journeys as humans. And we all have to experience it. And if we don't experience it, then we're living a quite a lonely life. Because the only way you're ever going to avoid grief is by not having any friends, not having any family. Right, not having anybody truly meaningful in your life. Exactly. And and that's and that's not a life so you do have to you know embrace embrace the the goodness that you get from that person the lessons that you've learned from that person and and like gets and you'll grow stronger from it um which is and i i still look up at the sky every now and then i remember on our actual wedding day um back in june um we actually got married on my nan's birthday oh nice yeah and um I was I went and sat by the lake we got married in Italy it was so lovely I went and sat by the lake and I said I was just sat on my own and it was just getting not dark and I said I really hope that you've been here with me and um like if there's I, I just wish you could I wish you could show me that you're here and at that point this duck walked up to me which might seem really weird but she always used to tell this joke about a duck and it was like her little her little joke and this duck like walked up to me like rah, rah, rah. and I was like oh my gosh there you go yeah I was like she's there she's there and it was really yeah it was really good and I think having having the ability to be able to share your story is so you know like you said we're on podcast on video um on on via book it's so important because our society is so entrenched with the perfect life the perfect body the perfect image and to have real people come up and say you know what mm, I, <laughs> I I challenge that like, yes that's so refreshing I think and we need more of that in the world yeah you know Emily I was thinking as you were talking about your your grandmother and everything, I feel like, you know, your loss and my loss, you know, losing my dad, it was almost like that sort of ripped the band-aid off this illusion that we were living an okay life, if that makes yeah. any sense. So you know what I mean? Because losing yeah. that rock, that, that person who sort of kept you, you know, anchored in reality in some way, shape or form, you know, sort of opens up Pandora's box for all the things in your life that you haven't dealt with because now you don't have that person who can 
give you that sense of calm or normal (laughs) anymore. So now you're like, holy crap, my life really is a mess. And now I don't even have that person to help me, you know, put the pieces back together or even help me figure out what the pieces are supposed to look like. And so it, um, it really kind of throws you down this rabbit hole of awareness because you really have to figure it out for yourself. I mean, yes, you can get help, whether it's therapy or whatever, but it's really up to you at the end of the day to, as you say, put your big girl or big boy pants on and and really take control of your life in a way that you probably have never done before. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it takes different amounts of time for different people. Like I know I would, I was in darkness for years and it's only in the last, you know, three, four years that I've really been able to actually go through that kind of that transformation. But, and I know people take a lot longer sometimes. And I think that no matter how long it takes, you will bounce back. Yeah. You will feel the way that, you know, you just said, like you're learning. Emily, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from your experience? Um, I think part of it is just to get to know yourself a little bit more. So it it sounds a little bit strange, but often when we go through, um, dieting or you know eating disorders per se we're trying to make ourselves small and we're trying to hide away from you know the world so I know that when I was trying to lose weight back way back when um, I was trying to do it to fit in but actually I wasn't ever made to fit in I wasn't meant to fit in and I wasn't strong enough at that time because I was so young to actually kind of look into myself, immerse myself in myself and know who I was and what I was capable of. And, you know, as I got older, I I kept shying away from, you know, what, what I wanted to be and going down the path of who I should be. And that caused such inner turmoil that I, I, didn't really know how to deal with so I dealt with it in external ways through you know unhealthy habits and things like that and I think by opening myself up and running towards the fear like that's another thing like I was petrified I didn't know who I was without an eating disorder or I didn't know who I was without a mental health illness and having to let go of that person was so petrifying because I thought I I literally don't know who I am without it um but I I kind of embraced it and I ran towards the fear and there wasn't a quick fix you know it wasn't you know one day I woke up and I was like aha I have all the answers (laughs) I mean if only but I think opening yourself up and really getting to know who you are and what your values are what your belief systems are and doing that work for yourself and not letting all the stuff from society cloud your mind or the stuff that somebody said to you when you were a child get in your way or the stuff that you see, you know, in the your best friend says or the stuff your parents say. It's it's 
really staying true to who you are in yourself and really yeah just being your best friend and being your own cheerleader loving who you are and accepting that you're you know you're not always right but learning from the mistakes you make as well yeah I think it's so important to silence that external chatter in whatever Mm. form it comes in yeah 100% and there's so much of that I mean I I grew up you know there wasn't all this social media and things like that and it is absolutely great to for businesses and you know for people like us who want to share our stories but I mean being a teenager or a child oh yeah so all the stuff around I think that's just so oh it makes me worry slightly because and and that makes me want to work even harder to get the message out that you know diets don't work for one they don't work they will you know you'll you'll end up in a in a cycle you'll end up um hating your body you know distrusting your own um intuition and and having it's, a bad relationship with food as well. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And there are so many people that, you know, go into these like slimming groups and things like that thinking, oh, when I do this, then I'll be confident. Then I'll then I'll feel like this. But actually, what you have inside you is every single bit that you need. You don't need to slim down for somebody. You don't need to, you know, tone up for something. It's it's more about how you feel inside you than anything else and I think that you know with Instagram and and all these kind of photo apps that what we often see of people plastered having the best life and the best body and I think it's really important for us to kind of speak out about that and say you know what actually dieting is not the answer you need to look inward well, you have to take all of these images with a grain of salt as well, because Photoshop is a miracle worker when it comes to, you yeah. know, altering the way people look. And, um, yeah. you know, I've seen it where, you know, you see a picture of somebody on social media and then you meet them in person. And you're like, oh, wow, I you don't even look anything like you did in the picture (laughs) you know what I mean so it's it's like an alternate universe sometimes the pictures that you see online or in magazines versus the reality and I think that that's um I think awareness of that is so important as well because I think that sometimes probably more so for younger people you know the the kids and the teenagers who are caught up in this idea of perfection that they forget that sometimes this perfection is is altered it's not the reality that um these people have you know imperfections but they've been covered up because that's not what people want to see on their in their magazines or on their social media that's not what they want to show but i think that there is a movement that people are being more appreciative of authentic you know to see people in their truest form you know so whether it's Alicia Keys and this whole no makeup thing or different things like that I think that there is a growing awareness of this need to just be ourselves and not be this what we think we ought to be to please other people yeah definitely and I think yeah it's I mean I completely agree with the you know getting 
getting younger people to to understand that. But I also think that there's a large um, kind of area of of women and men who have grown up in the dieting world. You know, it was yeah. fashionable to be on a diet for so many years, and these these billion dollar companies make money by repeat subscribing. <laughs> right. so, like I think it was Weight Watchers. And they have um, 84% of their profits are repeat subscribers. Oh, wow. So they don't, they don't want, you know, women in their 20s, 30s, 40s to start turning around and actually going, you know what? Actually, I love myself right now. I love who I am. I love who I, what I do. I, I love, you know, the, the work that I can do, the body that I have. Because they will go out of business tomorrow. Like... <laughs> So I think there is, there's such an importance for men and women of any age to stop and, and look at what they're doing and, and think about, you know, am I happy in this moment right now? Is this because I'm, I'm, I'm not the way I want, I think I should look, or is it something deeper? Um, and I think that's where that mental health part comes in. You know, you've got to do something that, that works for you you've got to look after yourself self-care you know even if it's 10 minutes a day that's something that can really change your kind of mindset which I'm sure you found with quite a lot of your kind of coaching work yes absolutely Emily what would you say is the best advice you could give to somebody going through a similar situation in their own life right now somebody struggling with an eating disorder and and mental illness challenges? So I think the first thing to remember um, is that you can't look for the miracle potion or the miracle solution. Um, There isn't isn't a pill you can take. I mean, I begged for it at one point, (laughs) but there, there isn't a pill you can take that will make you be feel happier um you can't look externally so whether you're looking for happiness um, and health through somebody else or through a particular program you have to be invested in it you have to be willing to do the work um and even in the times where you feel like you don't want to struggle anymore or you feel like you're fighting that's the most important time to keep going because that's when you're going to have those breakthroughs when you're going to realize oh okay this is this is what's going on here this is why I'm 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 feeling this way or I'm acting this way um and by starting a conversation with somebody you know talking to a friend or you know even if it's just somebody that you don't really know but you know as a safe place um or writing it down that's breaking of the barriers so mental health illnesses and eating disorders they want to be, be secrets they want to be your little secret your little best friend but the minute that you shine a light on them that's when they start to kind of you know cower away so talking and writing is just so integral and that's actually how stardust ended up being a thing because I just I was just writing down how I felt it wasn't meant to be a book. It was just, it was just me writing down my thoughts and what happened and, and being able to just 
get it out of my head and onto a piece of paper that I could then look at separately. It, it was a separate thing from myself. Um, and then also something else that I really found quite helpful because I was a very negative person. So, you know, if, if you told me, oh, uh, you know, it's going to be a lovely day, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably going to rain in a bit. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was me. And I would constantly say, oh, no, I'm just being realistic. I'm just being realistic. But actually, I was such a negative person. And what I do every day, and I've been doing it for a really long time now, is write down three good things every single day. So they can be anything. It could be, you know, um, I had a coffee with a friend today, or it could even just be like, I got out of bed, like three good things every single day. And even when you're having the worst day and you think there are no good things, you can think, right, okay, well, I've got a roof above my head. You know, I've got, uh, you know, you could, I've got mine always, whenever I had a bad day, I had roof above my head, my cats, and Alan, <laughs> they were always my three good things if I couldn't think of anything. But what you do is you you kind of retrain your brain to think in a more positive light. Yeah, you shift that perspective. Yeah, and that's and it seems like, well, oh, three good things, well, it's not gonna do it. But honestly, for me and, and for some of my clients that I work with, they're like, I can't believe how good I feel. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I think that's they're that kind of my the advice that I'd give in a nutshell really like talk you know look inward don't look outward and three good things are my little little nuggets <laughs> thank you for that so um if you're listening in your car or at the gym in the show notes um there will be a link to Emily's book so that you can check that out as well as other places that you can find her and um Emily, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time because I know we're all so busy, but I know and appreciate the fact that you understand the value in sharing your story to really help and support others who may be going through a similar struggle in their own life. It's honestly been such a pleasure. And uh, yeah, my heart's pretty full with gratitude right now. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So, um... I will see you guys next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day.